Hi, Catherine Free here with God's Love Song Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited about the word that God has for us today. As a matter of fact, we're going to go and we're going to join a live um, online Bible study that I was doing. So I want you to go get your Bible, go get your journal, go get your pen, go get your highlighter, get whatever it is that you need so you can be fully engaged. Be ready to participate in the conversation. Be ready to receive revelation. Be ready to receive impartation in the name of Jesus. But most importantly, bring your expectation and bring the supply of the Holy Spirit that is within you. That's how you'll get the most out of it. Amen? Amen. Let's go join the Bible study, shall we? All right. Lord, I thank you so much for these that have gathered. Thank you for their faithfulness and coming despite the obstacles that may have arisen this morning. I thank you, Lord, for every hearing ear and for every receptive heart. I thank you, Lord, for your word that will go forth, and I speak that it will be received with understanding and with thanksgiving. I speak that the seed of your word will not be stolen, it will not be choked out, and it will not be with it will not wither away. Rather, it will take root in fertile soil, in the fertile soils of their heart, and it will bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I just ask that you speak through me, that you have your way, and that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm going to start this morning with a little bit of a review from last week, just because this week will make more sense if I do that. <laughs> um, and you can see from the from the ministry letter that um, when God spoke to me, he said that 2020 is the year of perfect vision. Okay. And so, and I, when he first gave that to me, I was like, Lord, okay, you know, that, that sounds a little cliche. So I'm really interested to hear <laughs> what you will say about this. And so um, he um, began to explain, and it's just totally amazing what he said. And before I get into that, um, well, actually what he said is we're going to have perfect vision. We're, and perfect vision, in the way that he explained it, it wasn't just that we would be able to see perfectly. It wasn't even necessarily that we would be able to see perfectly, but it would be that we would be able to get the point behind what we're seeing and that we would be able to, to get the understanding that we need in the moment to walk it out the way that it needs to be walked out so that we can receive the perfection, the completion, the maturation, and the fulfillment of his vision for us. Okay? Um, and then let me say also, in this format, please feel free to, to chime in if you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to say amen, whatever. Feel free to do that. All right. And so in the midst of that, you know, after the Lord gave me this word and I've been going through 2020 and I've, beginning, I've begun to hear people say that, well, 2020 is not perfect vision. 20, hindsight is 2020. And so I looked that up and come to find out that saying hindsight is 2020 well, that's not a scientific saying, actually. That's a proverb from man. And what man is saying when he says hindsight is twenty twenty is like, oh, man, I went through this situation, but if I had known then what I know now, I'd have done it differently. Oh, man, I went through the situation, but oh, I wouldn't have messed up as bad if I, you know, if I had known what I know now. And so 
when 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 man says that hindsight is 2020 it means that they've already been through a situation but they didn't have all of the knowledge or all of the wisdom that they needed to come through that situation successfully and so um, I looked up the the scientific meaning of 2020 and the American Optometric Association these are the people that do things with eyes and you know 2020 vision is not necessarily perfect vision all that means is that when you're it, it refers to the the sharpness of your vision or the the clarity of your vision and what it means is that when you're standing 20 feet away from an object you see that object exactly as you should see it and so what I hear God saying is that when we have 2020 vision while we are going through situations, even these like the, the coronavirus and the things that are happening as a result of the coronavirus, even while we're going through the situation, we are going to be able to see things as we should see them so that we can operate the way that we need to operate to come through the situation successfully. And we know that as saints, we walk by faith and not by Right. Right. Huh. And so when he's telling us that we're going to see things as we should see it, then that's telling me that we're going to get some insight from the spirit that's going to help us to navigate these situations successfully. Amen? Amen. And so having 2020 vision, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have perfect vision. Because it only speaks of the sharpness of your vision, and it only speaks of the clarity of your vision. Now, this blessed me so much, and this is coming from the natural. This blessed me so much. There are other aspects of vision that include your peripheral vision, meaning what you can see, you know, sideways, your eye coordination, your depth perception, your ability to focus, and color vision. There are so many parts to our vision. And so to say that one has perfect vision, it means that all of these parts are working together. Amen? Ooh, that is good. All right, and so God is saying that 2020 is a year of perfect vision. Not only are we going to see as clearly as we should in the moment, but we're also going to, um, but every aspect of our vision is going to work in perfect coordination so we will be able to see the vision perfectly. All right? With this perfect vision, right, God is taking us places that we've not been before. He wants to take us places that we've not been before. But in order for that to work, we're going to have to do exactly what she just read. We're going to have to let go of our dependence on ourselves, and we're going to have to place our total dependence on him. Because if we depend on ourselves, we're going to try to go by what we already know. And we just talked about hindsight being 2020. We don't know everything there is to know in the moment. And so it might take us failing a test or two. It might take us walking around the mountain a couple of times to get it. But God is saying, I'm getting ready to lead you places where you've not been, and I'm getting ready to show you things that you've not seen, and I'm going to teach you and show you everything, but you're going to have to let go of your dependence on yourself and place your dependence on me. And so now, sister, if you would read the next part. God is speaking Isaiah 42.16 to you. What does 42.16 say? I will bring you the blind by a way I that agree. you know. Oh, sorry. Just one person, please. Just one person. Go ahead. 
Oh, who, me? Yep, go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry. I will bring no, no, you no. the blind by a way that you know not. I will lead you in paths that you have not known. I will make darkness into light before you and make uneven places into a plain. These things I have determined to do for you, and I will not leave you forsaken. He says, this is what God is saying, and I'm still referring to the letter here. He says, I'm going to bring you the blind by a way that you know not. And we discussed last week that people are blind for different reasons, okay? Some people are blind because they don't want to see. Some people are blind because the God of this world has blinded their minds. Some people are blind just because they don't recognize what it is that they're looking at. Um, Like, so I'm a traveler, um, a traveling speech therapist, and I go to different towns all the time. And when somebody is giving me directions how to get to, you know, a facility, and I'm driving in the daytime, okay, I'm following the directions and I'm going, but I don't necessarily know all the landmarks. I, I don't know where all the restaurants are, or all the gas stations are, or whatever it is where I'm supposed to turn, and lots of times I get lost. But when I go back and I drive that same route at night, when everything is lit up, then I go, oh, there's the sign to that gas station. That's where that gas station is. Oh, there's the sign to that restaurant. That, that's where that restaurant is. I was blind to it in the daytime because I was focusing on the directions and focusing on where I was supposed to be, and some things just weren't apparent to me. I didn't see the gas station because it was on the side of this building, you know, hard to see. But when I went at night and they were lit up for me, they were easy for me to see, and I recognize them now where I didn't recognize them before. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. And so God is saying that you are not blind because you refuse to see. No, you are blind because you're going to unfamiliar places. You're walking unknown paths, and there are things that you have not yet learned to see and recognize, but I'm going to show you them, show them to you, and you will have perfect vision. And so let me ask you this. Whose eyes would you rather see through, yours or God's? God. God, because he's God. He sees all. And some people think it's not possible to see through God's eyes. It's not possible, you know, to think like God. It's not possible to speak like God. But it is because he reveals himself to us in his word, and he reveals himself to us through his Holy Spirit. Okay? But what it takes is humility on our part to say, God, you are God. I know you know everything, so I am putting all of my trust in you. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I'm not going to trust on myself. I'm going to humble myself before you, and I'm going to trust in you. And so who can get um, Psalms chapter 32 in um, in the Amplified Classic, please? I want Psalms chapter 32 in the Amplified Classic. And we're talking about putting our total reliance on God and trusting him because he loves us. He loves us. And he's not going to steer us wrong. And he's really not trying to hold anything back from us. He's not trying to hold anything back from us. Can I make a correction? Can you all find that in the Passion Translation? 
Psalm 32 in the Passion Translation. When we're talking about, when we're talking about, you know, seeing through God's eyes, that means we have to let Him lead us, okay? And this is what this is what Psalm 32 in the Passion Translation says. It says, "I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along." Catherine, yes. Yes. which verse you're reading from? Psalm 32, verse 8, in the Passion Translation. Thank you. Sorry, do you have it? Yes, I do. Do you mind reading that? No, I don't mind reading it. Um, Thank it you. Says, I hear the Lord saying, I will say, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Okay, okay, okay. And so right there, that's God speaking out of his love for us, telling us that we can trust him, telling him that, telling us that he knows the way, and he's going to tell us the way, okay? But it's going to take our cooperation with him. Um, I remember I was in um, high school, and I was in the choir. I was a soprano, and I was the shortest one, which means I was the first person in line. <laughs> and we would march in. <laughs> we would march into church, and um, usually when we marched in from the back of the church, we would, move, we would go to the front few pews. That's where the choir would sit. Well, evidently a change had been made, and now the pastor wanted us to sit up in the, in the pulpit area behind him while he was preaching. And so in choir rehearsal, my choir director says, all right, <clears throat> all right, I want you to follow me. And we start all the way at the back of the church, and we march in like we normally do. And remember, I'm the first one in line, so I'm following her, and everybody's following me. Well, when we get up to the front pews, she keeps going up to the sanctuary or to the pulpit. And I relied on my own knowledge, and I turned into the pews. <laughs> and so when she got up there and turned around, she expected us to be right there behind her, and we were in the pews. So <laughs> even though we were supposed to follow her, she knew where she was going. She was advising us where to go. Because I didn't listen, I didn't end up where she wanted me to be. And so now if we continue, if we continue with, this, with the scripture, Sister Deborah Ryberg. Oh, okay. Um, so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me hug you and pull you along just. Come with me. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. He's just looking for a little bit of cooperation. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And so this speaks to the perfect co- Oh, I'm sorry. And so, um, I'm, okay, so let's turn to page two of the letter now. And I'm not starting from the very top. I'm starting like from the fourth sentence down. But the year 2019 had been the year of light be 
And light represents God's revelation. It represents his spiritual insight. It represents um, just, just knowing what God knows because he's showing it to you, okay? And this is stuff that you can't get from man. It's stuff that you can't get from book learning and book reading. And, and not even from just reading the Bible alone. It comes from revelation from the Holy Spirit. And so God was saying that um, in 2019, that was the year of light being. God was shining revelation on his word about how to apply it. And so now he's showing me that 2020 is the year that people are going to let the light in. They're going to yield. They're going to be humble, and they're going to receive his instruction, and then they're going to begin to walk in the revelation they receive. Because you do know that just because people receive revelation, it doesn't always mean that they walk in it, right? Sure. Uh And so this is what God's saying. He's saying this is the year people are going to walk in it. And he says, and they will begin to walk in the inner workings of my word and will know how to work my word efficiently, accurately, and precisely. They will not only receive insights, concepts, and ideas, but they will know what to do with them, how to maximize them. Their vision will be clear, complete, and all-encompassing regarding the thing that I will give them. Perfect vision. They will know the end from the beginning. They will not only be carriers of the vision, but they will be communicators of the vision. And as they write the vision and make it plain, others will read it and run. Their vision will come to perfection. And that word perfection means completion, maturation, and fulfillment. That means it's going to do exactly what it's supposed to do, and it's going to leave nothing undone. Okay? He says, there will be clarity of messages, clarity of identity, and clarity of purpose. There will not simply be an increase of revelation. No. There will be an increase of understanding of what to do with the revelation they have received and how to bring that vision to manifestation. Perfect vision. And so this speaks to the perfect coordination of every aspect of our vision. Remember, we've got the peripheral, we've got the depth perception, and we've got the focusing. Well, we have all of that in the spiritual, too. You know, God can show us the things that are going on in the spirit that are affecting the things in the natural. He can show us the things that, you know, have happened to us during our lifetime that have caused us to respond to things the way that we do. He can allow us to see things that we wouldn't ordinarily see. And in putting all these things together, he's going to show us how to navigate what it is that he's trying to what, what, nav- navigate what we're going through and how to get to where he's trying to take us. Okay? He said there would be clarity of messages, clarity of identity, and clarity of purpose. And to have any of these without the other, or to have any combination of these without... Having all three means that something is going to go lacking. And your vision and the vision that God has for you will not come to perfection. It will not come to completion, maturation, or fulfillment. Some part of it will be missing. And so what I want to tell you right now, I want you to realize that God has a vision for each one of our lives. He has a vision just for you. And I want to show you a couple of examples. Um, Somebody turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. 
in the amplified version. And then Sister Deborah Ryberg, if you could turn to Psalm 139, verses 14 and 15 in the Passion Translation. Okay, I have Psalms 139, 14 and 15. Okay. Please read. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You've even formed every bone in my body. And when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I so you saw, that's, that's good. Day. You saw, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. God already had a vision for us. He already knew who he created us to be before he even created us. And in Jeremiah, we see an example in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 in the Amplified. This is God talking to Jeremiah. And he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew who you were. And I approved of you. I love you. I accept you as my chosen instrument. I have called you to be my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, meaning I already put you on a path that's going to lead you to my vision for your life. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is the assignment that is on your life. And just as God knew who we were before we were even manifested, just as he already had this assignment on Jeremiah's life, he has a vision for our lives too. And his vision is part of his gift to us. Last week we talked about James 1.17 when it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of light. God is good. All he has is good for us. Every gift that he has for us is good. And his gifts are perfect. The perfect gift is the gift that does exactly what it's supposed to do. It, it, every ounce of pleasure and every ounce of purpose that God knit into that gift is experienced by the receiver of that gift. That's the perfect gift. And for us to experience every ounce, of pleasure and purpose that he has knit into the vision that he has for us, we must have clarity of the message, we must have clarity of our identity, and we must have clarity of purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. And so if we don't, if we don't have clarity of these things, though we may still experience the vision, we will still leave something on the table. You know, and it's, um, we, will not we will not have received the full strength of it. And that's okay for some people. You know, some is better than nothing. But I'm one of those that I just like to get everything that God has for me. And so I, I 
I just want to share that with you. God has a vision for you. He's got a perfect vision for you. And that doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. That doesn't mean that you have to be flawless. Perfect is not even talking about flawless. Perfect is talking about coming to completion with all of its parts in place. Perfect is about fulfilling every ounce of purpose that was poured into it. And so perfect has nothing to do with you and everything to do with God. And as we humble ourselves before him, as we follow his leading, as we let him lead him with our eye, we get to walk down the paths that he's already preordained for us unto good works. We get to walk into that perfect vision, you know. And that perfect vision is expressed in Jeremiah 29, 11. We know that. Um, um, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good and not evil, to bring you an expected end. Okay, and then there's another scripture. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll turn to it now. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified Version. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born new, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand. For us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Amen. So God has already prearranged a good life for us to live. He has already preordained paths, um, planned paths. He predestined and planned beforehand um, for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. He has already prepared the path. And as the one who has prepared the path, don't you think he's the one who's the best qualified to lead us down those paths? He said, we just read it in Psalm 32, 8. In the, well, in the King James, he says, I will guide you with mine eye. So he's the one walking us through to the perfect vision. And I know that We live in this earthly realm. I know, I know that um, things happen, but you know, God has given us a way. With every temptation, he's given us a way of escape. And be of good cheer, for I, you will experience tribulation, but I have already overcome the world. So the perfection is not about us being perfect. The perfection is about us humbling ourselves before God and allowing him to lead us. And even when we misstep, he has a way of bringing us right back to where we should be because he loves us that much. Amen? Amen. And so um, getting back to the letter now, let's see. I want to say that, let me repeat. There will not just be a, simply an increase of revelation. No, there's going to be an increase of wisdom, an increase of knowledge and understanding of what to do with the revelation we've received and how to bring that vision to manifestation. And so just as the word of God is perfect, we just talked about perfect is not about us, it's about God. Just as the word of God is perfect, and that means without blemish, complete, full, without spot, undefiled and whole, and your vision will be without blemish, complete, full, without spot, undefiled, and whole. As you hear from God and as you follow God's leading, he's going to show you everything that you need to see. 
so that you can get through that situation in that moment and so that you can see clearly. You can see everything you need to see in the moment instead of in hindsight. And you're going to have perfect vision in that every aspect of your vision is working together. And then you're going to have perfect vision, meaning you're going to experience the completion, the fullness, and the maturation of God's vision for you. Hallelujah. And I call that the heavenly vision. Amen? And so I'm going to I'm going to let's talk about um, <laughs> this is the big point right here. This is the big point right here. When we read the Word of God, it's possible to read it without getting the point. And there are two very popular, familiar scriptures that talk about vision. And you see here in Proverbs 29:18, the first part of it says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And in Habakkuk 2, we know that we're supposed to write the vision and make it plain. And in both of those definitions, in both of those scriptures, the word vision isn't necessarily talking about the thing that you see. It's talking about the revelation behind that vision. It's talking about the message behind that vision. It's talking about the point. And so when you study that out and you, and you listen to it like that, we see that it's possible to read the word and it's possible to get a word from the Lord but still miss the message. Okay, the, the word vision in the Old Testament um, where I was just talking about, it means the revelation behind the vision, the, the revelation behind the communication. And so it's possible to read the, the word and still miss the message. But God says, hallelujah, in 2020, you're going to get the message and you're going to get the point. You're going to um, know what to do with what I told you and you will reach the unexpected end that I have for you. We just talked about that in Jeremiah, I mean the expected end that I have for you. We just talked about that in Jeremiah 29, 11. And so God says that moving forward, you will operate at a new level of intentionality because you get the point. You will not be operating in hindsight. You will not be operating in hindsight. You're going to know what to do in the moment that you need to know it. You're going to have the information that you need in the moment that you need it. You're not going to have to go through the situation and miss it in order to come back and get it right. God says he's going to give it to you. You're going to have it in that moment. And so he says this. This is the word that he gave when I was preparing this message. He says, if you receive this word... If you submit to it, and if you allow God to operate in and through you as you study the word and fellowship with him, you will find yourself enjoying a greater understanding um, and deeper insight than you ever had. You will find that your focus on the word will be more intense, so much so that you will not be distracted by the outside situations as you have been. You'll only tend to the things that the Lord is speaking to you um, through the vision, such that when it is all over, you'll be able to say like Paul, that I was not dis disobedient to the heavenly vision. And so even in the midst of all that's going on now with the coronavirus or people losing jobs or people getting sick, and these things are a reality. But the spiritual is a greater reality than the natural. And when we are studying the word, Jesus said in John 6:63 that my words are spirit and they are life. So when we focus on the word 
and we're fellowshipping with God and we're letting him reveal this to us, see, now we're operating in the spiritual realm that supersedes the natural. And we can get so in the zone with God that we are not distracted by these natural things. We will receive the information and the revelation that we need from God to know how to navigate this, to know how to speak healing, to know how to receive healing, to know how to walk prosperously in the midst of the economic crisis. We'll know this is what he wants to give us. He loves us so much. And he says he's leading us down unfamiliar paths, down ways that we have not known. And so if we just trust him and let him lead us instead of going the way that we normally go, instead of going the way that we, we know to go on our own, he's going to show us things. He's going to show us things. Isaiah 42, 16 says, I'm going to make the darkness to become light before you. The things that we don't know, we will know because we're listening to him and we're receiving that revelation. Amen? Oh, my goodness. This is exciting to me. Does anybody have any questions or any comments? Okay. Yeah, um, I got a question. Sure. In all that you said, um, is it possible that we can have things going on inside of us? What are some of the things? How am I asking this? What are some of the things that, even in light of what you're saying, that can be enemies to that, okay. to the word, to submit to this word? What, what could be working to put up a resistance From the inside? Well, from any translation. I mean, God's offering us vision. He's offering us perception. He's offering us clarity, offering us all these things. So are, are there things that could be working in us that could resist that? You, you talked about going into the choir the wrong way because of um, not, not following the directions with the, um, the person who was leading you. You talked about that. Um, I know there are times when God... I know there are distractions in being in me. I understand that. But are there other forms of things that can be working to cause a person to not submit to something that God is showing plainly in the word or plainly in a message that the, the woman or man of God may be ministering? Okay. And before I answer that, if somebody is moving around, um, can you please push star six to mute yourself. The noise is coming over the, the recording. Um, push star six to mute yourself. And then if you want to unmute yourself, push star six again. Um, you know, there are. There are things. And, um, and I would say that the first thing to do would be to ask God, okay, God, what? Okay, let me tell you a story. So I remember... Um, I enjoy sitting under the Word of God. I enjoy studying the Word of God. I enjoy soaking His Word up like a sponge. And I remember this one particular day, I would, and I can stay in the Word for hours and hours and hours, so I'm just telling you, I, can, I love the Word. I receive the Word. 
and I was watching this teaching one day, and they were teaching something that seemed very simple. The teaching was, God is good. And as I was re- listening to that teaching, I, I felt the seeds of that word kind of sit on the top of my heart instead of being absorbed into my heart like the word usually is. And so with that, I, I recognized that there was some kind of resistance and I really couldn't understand it because it's like, okay, God, they're teaching that you are good. I know that you're good. Okay, I'm understanding this, but why, why am I? There's another level where I'm supposed to be receiving this. There's something you're trying to show me, and I'm not getting it. And so I said, Lord, I have to go sit under that teaching so that I can receive this word. I did not know what it was that was causing the resistance, but I knew that something was causing the resistance, and by and the Lord is showing me even now that by saying, Lord, I have to go sit under this word, that I was humbling myself before him to say, okay, there's something that you want to show me that I'm not getting. I know what I know, but evidently this isn't enough because this word is not sinking into my heart. And I followed his steps. I followed him in obedience until he led me to where he wanted me to be. And sure enough, the day came when I was physically sitting under that teaching, even though in the meantime I was still watching it on broadcast. I was still, you know, sitting under it, submitting to it so that God could show me. And I know that it was a work of the Holy Spirit that did it. I don't know what the resistance was. All I know is that my desire to receive it was greater than the resistance that was present. And God honored that. And so when you're asking if there's something else that could come in, yes, pride. Pride is the big thing. God, I already know that. Or, okay, God, I, 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 you know, I just really don't want to hear it. You know, pride, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, that, I'm like that ugly kind of pride, but all pride is ugly. But it's like pride is a big thing. All I can tell you, though, is that humility the way Holy Spirit has shown it to me, humility is the answer to all of that. Submitting yourself under God. Okay, God, you're trying to show me this. You're offering me this. I'm going to do it your way. And and really, we can go to Proverbs 3, um, 5 through 7. And I like that in the Amplified Version. And I'm just going to turn there and start reading it for the sake of time. But um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 In the Amplified Classic, it says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. And so if we recognize that God is trying to show us something, but that we're not receiving it, then there's something of us that's in the way now there could be you know um spiritual things going on there could be some spiritual deliverance that we need but we're not the ones got we did not create ourselves we are to take ourselves to the mechanic god is the mechanic he knows where to tinker what to tinker with and how to fix it we're not supposed to try to fix ourselves but we take ourselves to the one who can fix it that's another form or another expression of humility. Do not 
rely on your own insight or understanding in all your ways know, recognize, and acknowledge him. When we choose to know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and we say, okay, God, you know, something's not feeling right about this, or God, I, I know that you want me to do this, but honestly, I don't want to. You know, even that is acknowledging him. And it's giving him a way in to direct our path. We just talked about Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified, that he has already prearranged paths for us. He's the one who can lead us down those paths. And I love it that it says he will direct and make straight and plain your path. We don't have to go in circles. We don't have to go in zigzags trying to figure this thing out. He's going to make it so straight and so plain before us. But it requires humility to listen to him. And when we listen to him, to have the intention to do what he wants us to do. And he'll get us to the bottom of that resistance. He'll reveal what that resistance is, and he'll move that resistance out of the way. Uh, verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord. And, you know, just the way the Lord's been giving it to me the last couple of weeks, that fear the Lord, you know, it's like, God, you're God and I'm not. You know everything and I don't. And I just choose to trust you because I know you have all the right answers. I know you have all the solutions. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, throwing my whole self on you and saying yes to whatever you say. And that is a form of worship day in, day out, just totally leaning on the Lord with all of your being. And then it says, and turn away from evil. And the Lord showed me that evil is not some maleficent desire or intention in your heart, but it's simply a contrariness to the word of God. In Hebrews 3, we read about the children of Israel, how they had an evil heart of unbelief. And when I studied that and asked the Lord about it, he said their hearts were evil because of the unbelief. The unbelief caused them to think contrary to my word, to go contrary to my will. The evil is a contrariness to my word. And when you're contrary to my word, I can't lead you in my path. And all of that is a form of pride. I resist the proud. He resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. And so when we humble ourselves before him and say, all right, Lord, show me the problem. Show me what, how can I partner with you in getting rid of this, what needs to happen. When we humble ourselves before us, he gives us grace. And the Bible says he gives more grace to the humble. So we actually get to moderate how much grace we receive by the, by the level of humility that we portray. Does that speak to your question at all? Yes. Yes, it answered a lot. Um, I appreciate, especially when you read Proverbs chapter three. It, it, it the the leaning to my own understanding. I could hear is a type of resistance mm-hmm. to God because if God is saying plainly one thing. And my understanding is saying something else. I have to make the choice. What am I going to follow here? My understanding, and that could be there for a lot of reasons, for what plainly God is saying in his word. So thank you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? Okay. Um The next part in the letter, again, we're on page three. It says, 
Um, thank you, Jesus. It says the vision does not come without light. Okay? The vision does not come without light. And light, revelation, spiritual insight from God. The word light in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, is both, and it returns to the true knowledge of God and spiritual things. The true knowledge of God and spiritual things. In James 1.17, James calls God the Father of light. Okay, and as the Father of light, God is the originator of revelation. If he is where revelation starts, and he wants to give it to us, to show, he wants to guide us with his eye, he wants to show us the way to go, you guys, we just absolutely can't go wrong. And I love it. In the mirror translation, it says, the Father of light, with whom there is no distortion or even a shadow of shifting to obstruct or intercept the light. God is not trying to hold back even a sliver of revelation from us. He's not trying to maneuver himself in any way to try to keep any of his revelation from us. But he will maneuver himself in a way to get it all to us. And he understands that we can't receive all the revelation at one time. He understands that we have to get it in degree. But we get it in degree to, in, in relation to the degree of obedience that we display, to the degree of maturity that we possess. So he maneuvers himself that way to give us just what we need when we need it. And that's what we're talking about, perfect vision. And if we keep our eye on him, we'll know exactly what we need to know in the moment that we need to know it. And we'll know all that we need to know in the moment that we need to know it. God loves us so much. Hallelujah. I feel his anointing on this. He wants you to know how much he loves you and how much he wants you to have everything that he has for you. He's not trying to hold back even a sliver of revelation from, from, from you. And he wants you to know everything about who he is who he is in you, who you are in him, and that includes what you have in him and what you can do in him. Hallelujah. God has so much for you. He has a heavenly vision for you. And this is getting ready to be one of my favorite parts of this. Paul, he received this kind of revelation after his life-changing encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Um, let's turn to Acts chapter 26 in the Amplified. This is where he is giving um, an account of his conversion to King Agrippa. And if somebody gets it, say, I have it. But if I get there first, I'm going to read it because time is coming short. Acts chapter 26. And we'll start at verse 13 in the Amplified Classic Translation. And so he's talking to King Agrippa, and he says, When on the road at midday, O king, I saw a light from heaven surpassing the brightness of the sun, flashing about me and those who were traveling with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice in the Hebrew tongue saying to me, Saul, Saul, why do you continue to persecute me, to harass and trouble and molest me? It is a dangerous, it is dangerous, and turns out badly for you to keep picking against the goats, to keep offering vain and perilous resistance. He's saying, humble yourself. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. 
But arise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, that I might appoint you to serve as my minister and to bear witness both to what you have seen of me and to that which I will appear to you, choosing you out, selecting you for myself, and delivering you from among this Jewish people and the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may thus receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place of portion among those who are consecrated and purified by me in faith. So this is what Paul experienced during his conversion. He saw the light. Okay, it says um, in verse, um, yep, in verse 15, in verse 13, I saw a light from heaven surpassing the brightness of the sun, flashing about me. And those who were traveling, the light, that's revelation. That's when Jesus appeared to him. That's when he received revelation of Jesus because he asked, who are you, Lord? <laughs> and Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. So now he's coming to the knowledge of Jesus. He's coming to recognize Jesus. See, now what we need to understand is that Paul, when he was Saul, I mean, he was the cat's meow. He was the top of his class. He was Hebrew of Hebrews, touching the law. He was a Pharisee, and where it came to, you know, keeping the law, he was blameless, all of that. And he was working according to his own understanding. He was persecuting the Christians, and he thought he was doing the right thing. But when he received the light, when he received the revelation, when he received the message that Jesus is the one that he's persecuting, and when he received the revelation of who Jesus was, that totally changed his vision. So now he's able to see accurately. And he went from one who was persecuting Christians to one who was making Christians, as it were, to one who was witnessing and, and, and getting them to open their eyes that they could turn from darkness to the light. He was receiving perfect vision. But in this conversion um, account here in Acts 26, we see that um, when Jesus spoke to him, Jesus said, but arise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you. So that's the revelation for this purpose. Remember we said there would be clarity of message, clarity of purpose, and clarity of identity? Well, here's the purpose. For this purpose, I'm going to appoint you to serve as my minister. That's his identity. God's minister. Jesus' minister. And to bear witness both of what you have seen of me and that in that which I will appear to you. I've chosen you, I've delivered you, and now I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes. This is your assignment. So in that, he's got clarity of vision. He's got clarity of um, message. He's got clarity of identity. He's got clarity of purpose. And when he did that, nothing could take him off of it. We know about Paul's walk. We know he was shipwrecked. We know he was beaten. We know he was bitten by a viper. We know he was left for dead. We know he was imprisoned. We know all of these things. But none of those things stopped him from walking out this vision that God had for his life. And we see in the 19th verse, this is my absolute favorite, he says, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not 
disobedience to the heavenly vision. Hallelujah. He was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And I just want to reiterate that God has a heavenly vision for you. God has a heavenly vision for me. And when we know God's vision for us, it doesn't matter what situation arises. And it is possible for us to know God's vision for us. It just takes praying to him and allowing him to, re- to reveal it to us. That's it, spending time in his word, spending time in fellowship with him. God, what is your purpose for me? What is it that you want me to do? And when we know his vision for us, it doesn't matter what situation arises. And whatever does arise, and if it's contrary to the vision, then we do not have to allow ourselves to be distracted by it. Noah wasn't distracted by the, the, uh, Noah didn't let the mockery stop him, distract him from building the ark. David didn't allow Saul's jealousy um, stop him or distract him from assuming his right, right, rightful position as king in the right way. Daniel didn't let the lion's den distract him from praying three times a day. Paul didn't let the threats on his life distract him from sharing the gospel. And this is my favorite. Jesus did not allow the rejection and abuse to distract him from going to the cross for us. And because Jesus was not disobedient to his heavenly vision, he made it possible for us to walk out our heavenly vision. And even now, here, right now, we don't have to let the coronavirus or anything else in this world keep us from, from, from being who God has called us to be, doing what God has called us to do, or having what God has called us to have. We can walk out our heavenly vision, all because Jesus, hallelujah, walked out his. You know, and today is Palm Sunday. We can't, you know, leave without talking about that. And this is the day that Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem. And he went and did not allow the distractions or anything to distract him from doing what he needed to do. He knew what was before him. He knew the persecution that he would face, that he would be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, that he would be condemned to death, that he would be mocked and scourged and crucified. And he knew what the crucifixion was all about. And he knew that by going through with his heavenly vision, thank you, Jesus, he would take all of God's judgment and wrath for sin so that we would not have to. He knew that by dying and being separated from his father, having his father turn his back on him, that if he did that, then we would never have to have our heavenly father turn his back on us. Hmm. He knew that by going to hell, because he knew he'd go to hell, he went to hell so that we wouldn't have to. He knew that he was, by walking out his heavenly vision, he was making our heavenly vision possible for us. And he knew that he would rise again. He knew that he would rise again, and he knew that by rising again, that he would make it possible for all of us who chose to receive him as our Savior to rise with him. And today, those of us who have received him, we are seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And we have all of heaven at our disposal. We have all of God's revelation, spiritual understanding, insight at our disposal. 
it just becomes a matter of humbling ourselves and putting ourselves in position to receive what God has for us. And so the question is, will we humble ourselves? And will we receive? And will we allow him? Because Jesus came that we might have life and have life more abundantly. That's part of our heavenly vision. But God has details. He has callings on our lives. He has people that he has assigned us to. He has heavenly assignments for us. And all of it is to bring us to an expected end. All of it is for a good life. All of it. All of it. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Amen? Yes. Amen. So does anybody have anything they would like to say? Anything that, um, any questions that they might have or anything that they gained that they have as a takeaway that has just blessed them and they'll meditate on it in the future? Okay. Lord, I thank you so much for revelation that you have a heavenly vision for us. And I thank you that you had this vision for us before we were knit in our mother's womb. And so, Father, I'm asking you to reveal to each person what your heavenly vision is for them. And I speak perfect vision to them, Father, that they will see the vision through your eyes and that they will humble themselves to walk in the path that you have created so they can experience the perfection of the vision that you have for them. I ask you to give them a revelation of your perfect love that casts out the fear that would hinder them from walking out your heavenly vision. And Jesus, I thank you for walking out God's heavenly vision for you. You walked it out to perfection. <laughs> and by walking out God's heavenly vision for you, you made it possible for us to walk out his heavenly vision for us. We thank you. And I declare right now that everyone under the sound of my voice who has received this word will have the same testimony as Paul, that I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Holy Spirit, I ask you to continue to minister this word to them throughout the week, continue to give them revelation throughout the week. Lord, I just thank you that the, I am confident of this very thing that you who have begun a good work shall continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I thank you for the seeds that were sown today. I thank you for the seeds that have been watered. And I thank you, Lord, that it shall take root and bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I bless them, and I ask you to keep them. I ask you to bless them, and I ask you to keep them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow, what a feast. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. To God be the glory. If you want to learn more about our ministry, you can go to our website at www.godslovesongministries.com. Amen. Loving you with the love of the Lord. You be blessed.